Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Welcome to the Off the Glass podcast, bringing you a fresh, intelligent, thought-provoking perspective to the game of basketball. This is your host, Z. Thanks for joining me. We're recording this on a Monday afternoon after we just got done watching game two of the finals with the final score, the Golden State Warriors 122, the Cleveland Cavaliers 103. Golden State now is up two games to none, and if you were Golden State, you was excited with your performance last night. Uh, Golden State shot over 57% from the field. They came out where it hot. They finished over 40% from three. Steph Curry set a finals record with nine three-pointers of his own, finished with 33 points. Steph actually had as many threes as the whole Cleveland team. Um, LeBron James um, had, a, had a solid game as far as assists, but the points were nowhere near there. Played over 43 minutes, but he finished with 29 points, 13 assists, 9 rebounds, so almost had another triple-double. You had another solid game from Kevin Love with 22 and 10. Tristan Thompson gave you 11 points. George Hill gave you 15 points. George Hill, most of his damage was done at the start of the game. For the Warriors, you were excited to see KD give you an efficient game. Um, he was back scoring the ball well. He finished with 26 points on 14 shots, shot 71% from the field. JaVale McGee, which I'll get to in a second, he gave you 12 points. Klay Thompson gave you 20 points. Sean Livingston gave you 10 points. And you even got Jordan Bell to chip in with five points. So Golden State was definitely firing all cylinders. You know, at the start of this game, um, Golden State decided to go with McGee instead of starting Looney, which – me and my wife, you know, we're really high on JaVale on this team. We feel like he brings them energy. He plays competent enough defense where he won't hurt you too bad in the pick and roll. And he can finish around the basket much better than, than Looney can. And he scored the first four points of the game. Um, he was um, slipping on the pick and rolls, catching and finishing, dunking. Uh, even off the down screen, he'll slip to the basket, catch it, and dunk it. Uh, you know, he just really gave them a boost and a lot of energy, whereas, you know, they the the Cavs came out, you know, they wasn't really sharp on defense. I don't know if it was a lull from game one and how the game ended. I really don't take too much stock and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't possibly have an effect, but I just think it's so easy to say, well, they didn't come out focused because of what happened in game one. But they came out and tried to mimic what the Rockets did on on defense the last series, they tried to emulate the switching everything defense. And unlike the Rockets, you know, they was not sharp at all. And one thing that you have to watch, it's easy to say we'll just switch everything, but you have to remain sound. You have to remain disciplined. And a team like the Warriors, you know, they're known for slipping screens, which basically means like the guy who's setting the screen after he sets it, he'll immediately like roll towards the basket or find an open slot 
on the perimeter because you'll see Clay Thompson and Steph do this frequency, even Durant. And instead of going all the way to the basket, they'll pop out for the three. But this is how uh, McGee was getting his open shots. He was a couple times even faking like he was going to set the pick and then just diving right to the basket and getting dunks. And when you play switch in defense, you know, you're always taught that you and your other teammate who will be doing the switch, you got to be close. You got to be, you know, really close to your man and close to each other, almost like tagging each other so there's no gaps for passes, there's no room for slips. And a lot of those times you could tell it was obvious again that the mismatch they wanted to go after was Kevin Love and a lot of those switches. And his feet, um, his competence on defense as far as switching, that's just not his strength. Kevin Love can be a decent defender when you ask him just to contain or kind of fall back a little bit off the pick and roll or off switches. But if you expect him to be able to switch, sit down, be able to move his feet, that's playing right into Golden State's hands. So offensively, they didn't. J.R. Smith didn't have any hangover, it looked like to me at the beginning. At least he was trying to be aggressive. But shout out to, to the Golden State crowd, man, for chanting the MVP every time he caught the ball, man. That was, I ain't gonna lie, that was funny, man, because he really was the true MVP uh, from game one with that play. But, um, you know, the Warriors started out on fire. They were 7-7 seven seven from the field. Um Again, LeBron, he kind of had one of those games where he was looking to distribute early. You know, he really didn't have that hot start that he had in game one where he was really hunting his shot. But the way the Warriors came out like a house on fire, it was going to be tough uh, for Cleveland to really be able um, to do anything about the hot shooting. Again, like I said, uh, the defense really wasn't sharp. And they were giving up, you know, middle penetration, layups. Kevin Durant got a couple layups. I already talked about McGee. Um, Clay was able to get a, a good shot and get comfortable, including Steph. And one thing about Steph and any other player, you know, sometimes basketball is really about rhythm, especially when it comes to shooting and making shots. And um, Curry was able to develop that rhythm early and start. Once you start seeing the ball go in and you're the, the best shooter that the league and the game has ever seen, the, the basket as the game goes on just gets bigger, bigger and bigger. Um, you know, with all that being said, though, the Cavs were only down 32 to 28 in the first. It was the second quarter that, that killed them. You know, they got outscored 27 to 18. Um, again, Jr. was looking aggressive early, but again, the issue for the Cleveland is this bench. Uh, I'm convinced, man, this team might be worse than that 017 that LeBron took to the finals, man. I mean. Clarkson struggling again. Uh, Green was struggling. You know, I was watching that game. Kyle Korver was in the game like up to seven, eight minutes and didn't even get a shot attempt. Like he got no shots off at all. And um, I, I kept saying this, you know, if they have any shot at beating Golden State, I'm looking at the stats now, Korver took one shot. I mean, he has to hit a minimum a three threes, and I feel like he has to get up at least nine shots, if not ten, for them to have a shot at the game. And a lot of them was open looks that Jeff Green was was missing, and I, w I would like to think that that's not by luck. I think, you know, obviously they're going to close out and contain Corver a little bit better and just, you know, we'll live and die with Jeff Green making shots because as I'm looking at my notes here, I'm, I'm convinced. Jeff Green might be the ultimate fool's gold player in NBA history. Like, he teases you with his size and athleticism. He has a decent skill set. 
He'll have a great game like he did in great game seven in Boston, and then the rest of the time he's just a no-show. He, I mean, for fan bases that he's played for, he probably must must be one of the most frustrating players that they ever rooted for. But, you know, even with that being said, you know, I don't, I didn't see them really running a lot of sets for Corver. It was a lot of hunting out, you know, the mismatches and switches. And with Corver, they usually come out and run uh, the simple NBA set that they call floppy, but that's really just down screens uh, looking to get that guy open. Like, we didn't see any of the Kyle Corver, Kevin Love uh, down screen, pick and roll type action at all that was successful for them in the last series. And again, if you have any shot of beating Golden State, you got to utilize all your weapons. And you don't even have a lot of weapons to begin with. And for Corver to only get one shot off after playing about 17 minutes is just not acceptable. I know you got to probably play Clarkson. I will limit his minutes. The question I had watching this game is I'm not 100% sure why uh, Osmond doesn't get a lot of a lot of run. Again, I'm not in practice. I don't know what they feel as far as the matchups, but I thought he played well for Golden State at times. He could shoot the three, decent ball handler, decent defender. I mean, it's worth the shot. I don't know what else you have to lose right now because it's obvious that the moment is too big for Green. It's too big for Clarkson. Um, you're not even playing Rodney Hood anymore. So, to me, if, if I'm Cleveland, I'm going out swinging, throwing everything at uh, the Warriors, including the kitchen sink, and I would have to give Osmond a shot and give him some minutes. You know, um, Thompson again, for Tristan Thompson again, he had 11 points, but his rebounds were low. They, the Golden State was able to hold him in check. J.R. Smith again, two for nine, one for four from three. I mean, again, I'm hoping that when they get back to Cleveland, you know, they play better. Usually, as, you know, Barkley and Kenny Smith and Shaq and other players like to say, usually your your uh, role players play better at home. And for Cleveland, you really hope that's the case because, again, if you're only going to get one shot of 10 from Corver and you got Green going two for seven and you got Smith going two for nine, this is going to be over with in a sweep. And I even posted on Instagram just to see what people was thinking as far as the poll. And I asked, do we see them um, sweeping the Cavs? And 67% of you guys are saying yes, while 33% are saying no. It wouldn't surprise me if it ends in a sweep, but I don't think they're going to they're gonna sweep uh, Cleveland. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it goes five or six. But I did write down in my notes because – Again, it's a lot of what-ifs, but to me, just watching that game, it's not like Cleveland is not getting good looks. You know, basketball, again, at the end of the day, you got to put the ball in the basket, but I feel like Cleveland can make some of these looks that they're missing at home. So I wrote down, it wouldn't surprise me that Cleveland, you know, go on to win game three and four, we come back to Golden State, they get five, and then uh, Golden State closes them out and Cleveland in six. But um, the, the the lack of contribution – from the, from the Cavs role players, it's got to be disappointing and frustrating for LeBron. Um, if you're Golden State, you're happy to see Kevin uh, Durant to come back and have a solid game. Even though I might be nitpicking a little bit, I still feel like he looks a little bit off at times. But again, that was kind of early on in the game. And sometimes, you know, all it takes is for you to get a layup early to really get going. And once he got a couple layups under his belt, he was able to start knocking down that mid-range jump shot on some of the on switches and again I mean to get 26 points on 14 shots I mean he was 100% from the field I mean from the free throw line two for three from three so he shot almost 67% from three again 71 uh, from from the field 
nine rebounds, seven assists, only three turnovers with a plus minus of 24. That's the Kevin Durant that you want. That's why I said it was important that even though we're talking about the refs at the game one, that Cleveland still had opportunities to cash in and win that game. You got to win that game because even though I did do a podcast about uh, Kevin Durant struggling, you got that one bad game out of him. And it's hard to think that he's going to have multiple bad games, even though that seemed to be the thing that's going on um, from the Rockets series. And maybe the Rockets just had a better defensive game plan or players that can kind of bother him and P.J. Tuck and Ariza. And Cleveland doesn't have any of those guys at all. Um, if you're Golden State, you're happy to see, again, McGee play that well. I don't know if his game travels like that. Uh, same thing for Livingston. He was perfect from the field with 10 points. Solid veteran. So I think his game has a better chance of traveling more so than um, – then McGee's, I don't know what Kerr is going to do with that lineup. You know, Kerr likes to have funky lineups on the court. I mean, at one time, he had a weird lineup where he had Curry, Nick Young, Bell, Looney, and Livingston out there. And I'm I'm only guessing because maybe Durant had the early two fouls there and was in a little bit of foul trouble and didn't want to pick up his 30. You know, Clay with the high ankle sprain and kind of watching his minutes. So I guess Kerr really didn't have any choice. But to play that, but that unit. But um, if you're if you're uh, Cleveland, though, you know you also got to tighten up again the defense. And one thing I watched, you know, I was saying watching uh, the Warriors last night when I was talking to a couple of people is that you got to remain disciplined with them on defense. And I already talked about the switching, but what I mean is Steph is the one of the best I've seen at handling the ball, giving it up early, and then running to that corner or the opposite wing. And it was a couple times when you could tell Larry Nance, he gave that ball up. And I can't fault a big guy because you're not necessarily used to guarding guards like that. That's why switching defense in today's NBA is kind of in vogue, <coughs> excuse me, and fashionable. But, you know, you got to really be sound and know what you're doing because it was a couple times, you know, on one play in particular when Steph gave it up, Nance kind of relaxed. Steph runs to the corner. Nance, uh, flies at him, Steph gives him a nice shot fake, he flies into the crowd, one dribble, and he knocks down a number, another three. You know, they was asking Ty Lue about the game, like, what do you do when Steph is making those kind of contested looks? The thing I always say is you can't let those kind of players get into a rhythm to begin with, and then they don't make, like, the absurd shot he made when he was backing up when he dribbled the ball off his leg. But you got to remain sound, you got to remain disciplined when you're um, playing Golden State, and Again, the only thing I could see to change in this series is the fact that Cleveland uh, will make some shots here and um, Golden State will kind of come back to earth a little bit. Um, but um, let's pause. Let's take a quick break. More to come on the Off the Glass podcast. Hey there, are you enjoying the podcast? If so, make sure to head over to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. And become a follower of the Off the Glass podcast. You can also head over to my website, The Off the Glass Podcast, where I have several blogs already written. Make sure to read, comment, and finally, make sure to head over to Facebook.com. Search Zach Ramey. Follow the page, The Off the Glass Podcast. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. Let's continue to grow this thing. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Off the Glass podcast, and thanks for tuning in with me today. 
Um, just real quick, kind of wanted to give a, a shout out to Doris Burke, one of my favorite commentators for uh, basketball. ESPN was able to extend her contract, and um, hopefully I think that means that she does more color commentary, man. Me personally, I hope Mark Jackson or Jeff Van Gundy get hired. I'm tired of hearing them call games. I'm tired of hearing Jeff Van Gundy complain about the rest the whole game. And they just really not bringing anything too dynamic to the to the call anymore. Doris Burke always asked the right questions. You know, she, in her uh, post-game interview with Steph Curry, to me, like I said, I feel like JaVale McGee was the MVP of – Last night's game. I mean, we expect Steph. We expect Clay to make shots. We expect Kevin Durant to play well. You know, we expect Draymond Green to bring that energy night after night. But when you get somebody like JaVale to come out and play like he played, he set the tone for the rest of that game with his aggressiveness and with his energy. And Mark Jackson and Jeff Gunny, all they wanted to talk about was Durant and Steph, which to me is the easy headline to talk about. But the real fact that they got off to that great start was because of McGee and was able to continue with his play. So the fact that she was able to even recognize that, ask that question, man, big props to her. So hopefully that means that she gets um, more opportunity to call more games, like the more bigger games. I know she calls them during the season sometimes, but not always the, the bigger games. In this game, uh, there was no ties. Cleveland never led in this game. And, um, you know, going into game three, it wouldn't surprise me again. I think Cleveland's going to win game three. Um, game four, I, I'm not even 100% sure. I'm gonna, Obviously, I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to watch game three and kind of see where what we're looking at with um, Golden State. But Cleveland, I don't know what kind of adjustments you can really do besides maybe throw Rodney Hood out there and see what he got has, throw Osmond out there and see what he has um, because um, – Golden State, I don't know if there's too many adjustments you can do at this point. Um, also, too, real quick, in other NBA news, I don't know if you guys have been following the 76ers story with Brian Calandro and the, the fake Twitter burner accounts. It, it looks like they're bringing in um, an investigator to investigate some of this stuff that's going on. Um, trying to find this. Um, I want to say Woj, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski had reported this, that um, they're going to be bringing in um, somebody to kind of go through this. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's end up, you know, fired. And this is probably one of the strangest stories. You know, we've never seen a GM tweet this kind of stuff. And even if it's coming from his wife, which I don't believe, I believe it's him all the way. They're going to try to get his wife to be the fall uh, person for this situation, which is just wrong and is cowardless. But, you know, the fact that he got this job because of his dad, you know, speaks volumes sometimes of what's going on when people get hired for positions that they are not qualified for. And, you know, the fact that he was tweeting things about Okafor's felon physical and stuff about Markel Fultz and Embiid, I mean, he just has to go, man. And it's crazy because Philly just finished with a great season. You're on a great high. You're building towards the future. You know, you're looking at what you're going to want to add, possibility of even LeBron coming there. Now all that definitely more than likely, I'm not saying LeBron's going to go there in the beginning, but all that possibly goes out the window because you, you're going to have to fire him. You're going to have to hire another GM. And now everything is in limbo going forward. You know, and it sounds like to me, you know, he was insecure and got tired of hearing Sam Hinkie's name being brought up around there. And when I say he's insecure because, yeah, it was Sam Hinkie that started the process there with the backing of ownership and 
did draft these players. So, yeah, a lot of it's his team. But all you can do sometimes when you come into a situation, you know, don't get caught up on always trying to put your stamp on things. Just run the team and run the organization competently, make great sound decisions. But for him to be doing all this kind of stuff, never heard of a story like this. This is absurd. Um, this is bad timing uh, for that franchise. So um, we're going to have to wait and see with that story, how that shakes out. Um, going to have a couple more podcasts after the, the, as the finals going on as, you know, I'm starting to look at free agency. We're going to do some things on the draft in the near future, but that's going to bring this podcast to a close. Wanted to drop in and review, um, game two. It was the Steph Curry show as he broke Ray Allen's record of nine threes in the finals. We'll be back. I want to say game three is on, um, Wednesday. So, We'll be back with another podcast before game four to recap game three. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe at Spreaker.com. You can go over to iTunes, the podcast app, all that good stuff, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, make sure to follow me on Instagram at TheOffTheGlassPodcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at ZJ at OffTheGlass. I'm on Facebook, all that good stuff. Go ahead, like the Off The Glass podcast fan base. And those who've been supporting, downloading, and listening, we deeply appreciate it over here. This is, your, this is your boy Z signing off. Be safe out there. Peace. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.